0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
1: Here I am on Friday Eve. Thank Jesus! Yeah, you know, about two minutes ago, yeah, thank you, Jesus, and I mean that literally. A couple minutes ago, my man here asked me, you ready to go? Usually I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm wore out.
2: I think the first time, not only <laughs> since I've run the show, but when uh, Carrot Sticks ran the show, have I ever heard any other response than yeah, yeah,
1: yeah? You know what it is? I'm so tense. I've been tense all day that this jury has continued to be out deliberating uh, news according to Newsmax this evening is that they are uh, deadlocked in a 6-6. Uh, and I got into it this afternoon um, with people that worked with the Kyle Rittenhouse defense team on jury selection and um, here's how it went down. This is, and this was after, in case you haven't heard the news. And by the way, I'm gonna uh, at the open, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you guys an update of what's happening uh, in the in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Some what is some behind the scenes information supposedly that ended up being put out there today on uh, on Twitter in, involving me. And uh, then after the first break, we got Steve Hilton's going to be here. I think he's been on the show once before. Um, he uh, is an expert in all things populism, actually, coming out of the UK. He's is not just the host of The Next Revolution on Fox, which, you know, I'm not, you know, super fan of Fox. I haven't watched him in a long time. But he's actually got a podcast out now about California, and he's really on a movement to try to change California from within. And so I'm interested to have him on to talk about everything that's happening nationally. It looks as though there's supposed to be a vote happening tonight. On the uh, the BBB, as they're calling it, I'll ask
2: you what I asked you before the show, Andrea. What do you think? You think there's enough squishy Republicans to get this thing through?
1: Um, uh, well, of course, absolutely. I think there will be. So we're going to keep our eyes on that. We're going to talk to uh, Steve Hilton about that as well as another rumor that came out today about Kamala. And then later on, uh, a lot of people saw that in the town of Brandon, Florida, today, uh, Governor DeSantis signed into law four bills limiting vaccine mandates in the state of Florida. Which I think is an a- is a win with an asterisk. So we're going to talk about that. That was my that. thoughts exactly. Yeah. So uh, y'all recognize that voice before we go any further. It's my sidekick here. It's DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left <laughs> DJ Potato Skins. DJ,
0: <laughs> DJ Potato Skins. Off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning, winning, winning. You know, we've had
2: winning like once every now and again, but uh, winning three times in a row. Gosh, I miss those days.
1: I know, right? Um, we'll see if we get back to it. Speaking of winning, um, I, I I never predict a jury. I never tell you what I think is going to happen. Um, I've been clear that I'm not confident in this jury because of what's been going on in our country. If you've been paying attention to our country, if you've been paying attention to our government and not just this current administration, but what's been going on with our FBI, our DOJ, our court system, our media, big tech, what's going on in DA's offices, who's funding races in DA's offices, what's going on at our U S attorney's office, what's going on with our judges on the bench. What's going on out on the streets of this country? You have to understand why this man, it was never a lock, no matter what the facts and evidence were in Kenosha. It was never a lock for him. In fact, it was always going to be an uphill slog, because otherwise he, the charges would have never been filed against him in the first place. You, you you don't even have to be an attorney to recognize what a sham this is, what a dog and pony show it is, when a jury that should have been sequestered was chased by an MSNBC reporter today and chased to the point to where i i don't want to say it was a high speed chase but dude was racing after the the jury on a bus to the point to where he ran a red light to try to get at this jury bus he's pulled over immediately he coughs it up and says hey it what i, I it wasn't my idea to follow this jury bus uh it was it was my my boss at msnbc uh uh none other than a ms irene minju <laughs> i'm sorry for laughing minju beyond Um, she's the one who directed me to come and follow this jury. So the judge kicks MSNBC, bans him from the courtroom. How about sequestering the jury? Judge numbnuts, come on. They're being chased on the street. MSNBC issues a statement that's like, yeah, he got pulled over by the jury bus, but that doesn't mean he had he had any plan (laughs) to do anything with the jury. Court TV tried to resurrect him which is which is also validation for the fact that of course that's why he was there to intimidate the jury or to contact the jury all inappropriate should have been a mistrial called right then and there instead of the judge just banning MSNBC from the courtroom so court TV comes out and says oh this is this is just this is what happens all the time this this is not what happens all the time when media outlets want to schedule interviews or have contact with jurors post uh, judgment, post rulings. That's not how it works. They go through other, other means in order to get the contact information post trial. This is a lie. This is about jury intimidation. I don't care whether or not the bus has boarded up windows. They know that the intimidation is happening. They can hear the protests happening outside. They should have been sequestered. That's just one of many, many dire mistakes that have happened and issues that have gone on with this trial that should have never happened in the first place.
2: It is all very angering.
1: It's very angering. And and, 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 and so that's why I, I it was a head scratcher to me today when post Jack Posobiec, Poso, tweets out today a copy of the jurors or a, a, a note from a juror with an article saying that uh, people's pundit has an excellent analysis and conclusion of what's going on here with the jury. And I read it and, you know, and it's and it's a bunch of nonsense. It's like handwriting analysis. Right. Handwriting analysis. Oh, because and here's here's what was they're putting out there today as as fact about this juror that because this person used the word, please, because the notes uh, and requests for evidence from the judge were bullet pointed and quick um uh, because the because of the way. Uh, the misspelling of the word Rosenbaum—that this all means—that the foreman of the jury is something called a red authoritarian, somebody who is a woman, somebody who bows to the state, bows to authoritarian figures, and basically doesn't have a thought for themselves and doesn't understand how somebody besides the state could um, be in charge of security or protection. And so I can't, so I I tweeted out that this is nonsense. That I would have written if I were to request evidence from a judge, I would have done it in exactly the same way. I would have said, "Please provide the video evidence and some bullet points." So your conclusions are absolutely wrong. I said, and it's irresponsible when this nation is on edge and conservatives who care about the rule of law being adhered to and an innocent man not being railroaded. It's it's irresponsible of you to be putting out this kind of garbage, unsubstantiated theoretical crap. I didn't know at the time that he had been working with Barnes and Barnes Law with Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team on jury selection, but it didn't re- rehabilitate him. Bob Barnes from Barnes Law starts tweeting out today that the worst possible person for Kyle Rittenhouse is, and I'm quoting, is the, has, has not only been selected, but is the four person. And I, and I tweeted out to him, how do you know this? So then everybody's like, well, Barnes worked with them on jury selection. That does not mean that you know who this four person is and that you know what's going on inside of the minds of this person. This is irresponsible and moronic for you to be putting out there that you know exactly what's going on with this jury and this particular juror. To make a long story short, as it went on for hours with these people coming at me, accusing me of, you, you know, not, uh, whatever, um, the bottom line is this. Here's what I ended up consistently pointing out to them throughout the day. This is their their point is this, that if they had just followed Barnes law, they would have had the perfect jury for Kyle Rittenhouse and he would have already walked and gotten an acquittal. Here's why this matters, because anybody who thinks that there is such a thing as a perfect jury in the United States of America today, particularly when it involves the Second Amendment and a young Man. At, at at a riot with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, no there's no way. You're a moron if you think that that's the state of this country today and our trials today. I'd had enough with these people after they've come in for me. This people's pundit, I don't. Oh, I put all these profiles together. I work, you know, on on matching the profiles with the with these ju- ju- uh, potential jurors, and they're this and they're that. And I'm like, I, I'm done. I don't have any patience with you people anymore. If you think that that this all comes down to the perfect jury that got away, you don't understand what's going on in the United States of America today. This is not 1991. In fact, uh, America in fact this isn't even America anymore that this trial is even taking place. It's
2: 1984.
1: It's 1984. You're not, you're not paying attention to what is going on with our FBI that withheld evidence, with our Department of Justice, including a DA's office that has lied every step of the way and trampled this man's constitutional rights, with a judge that should have sequestered the jury, with a judge that gave crap instructions to them, with a judge that allowed in doctored evidence in the 11th hour that was doctored against Rittenhouse. You're not paying attention. What you're doing is you're propping up yourself and your work and trying to make a name for yourself and a profile for yourself off the backs of this young man. You're no better to me than Binger. That's what I think about these people. I am disgusted. We all need to be understanding what if you really care about justice in this country, you're not going to just be focusing on the one area that gets you paid. Okay. And acting as though you care about Rittenhouse. No, would you care about yourself and your pocketbook? Not and you don't care about the rule of law either, because that's gone out the window.
2: There is no rule of law in there's this no country. Rule, no,
1: there's no rule of law in this country, none whatsoever. In fact, I heard another story today about some kid who who raped four girls who got probation today in another courtroom. There's no rule of law here. There's no rule of law when the FBI and the DOJ, when Merrick Garland, the United States Attorney General, is weaponizing the FBI to go after to go after parents. Because they dare to speak up at school be- at school meetings, there's no rule of law going on in this country. There's no rule of law when Mayorkas is violating a, a, an, an order of the court to reinstate remain in Mexico. I could go on, but we got to take a break. When we come back. We're going to talk to Steve Hilton and get his perspective on this, as well as rumors happening with Kamala, the House vote potentially tonight on BBB, and more. Stay tuned.
0: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on ourfreenation.org. Andrea K, the Donut Queen of San
2: Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show, 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in on any of the topics of the day. We'll take your calls, though, after this segment because we've got a special guest with us on right uh, coming up here in a moment. It's Steve Hilton, host of The Next Revolution on uh, FNC on Sundays. I'm sure you guys have watched that many times. But did you know he's also the host of a podcast called California Rebel Base? I'm stu- super excited to talk to him about all the things happening in California and, uh, and the nation tonight uh thank you for being here steve hilton
3: oh it's great to be with you really excited about it
1: well thank you um all right first of all i've got to get your perspective on what you see happening in kenosha and the rittenhouse trial
3: well look i don't think we can read too much into the length of time the jury have been out i know there's been a lot of speculation about that i think with a a trial as high profile as this um just uh, you can't read anything into it. I think that they're obviously taking their time. People have been speculating that, oh, it's a hung jury. They've been out too long. I don't think any of that is necessarily true. I think what what, what is really true and shocking to me is the way that this whole process has been so disgracefully politicized mm-hmm. um, and turned into something. To divide our country deliberately in order to push an ideological agenda by the left, by their allies in the media, um, one of the most shocking things I think I've ever seen on uh, on the on the media here, and there's been a lot of shocking things increasingly. MSNBC the other night, um, when there was that very high-profile moment in the trial, where um, the, one of the people, where, where Groschwitz, that was shot by, written uh, house, was asked very very directly, did you have your hands up? Uh, it was true, isn't it, that when he shot you, you were pointing your gun at him. And he said, correct. And that night on MSNBC, they led their coverage with an out-and-out falsification of that. They literally said the opposite. They said, when he was asked, he said that his hands were up when he was shot. Wow. That's just a small example, but it was so shocking. It really stood out that's. What Whole, and, and whatever happens with this verdict, whatever the jury decides, I think we can absolutely convict the media and the left of really exploiting this to divide the country to pursue their political agenda. And I think that is a real disgrace.
1: Well, it is. And um, you know, uh, that's just the second uh, time in which uh, the live hands up, don't shoot was propagated on the American people. And I don't think we would be here today with this trial if that lie had not been pushed out at a Ferguson. If the initial lie hadn't been started, I mean, what's going on today didn't just happen, right? I mean, it started back when Barack Obama took office and said you know, the, the Boston police acted stupid. And if I had a son, you'd look like Trayvon and hands up, don't shoot and on and on and on. And that was the start of the divisions and the start of the race war in this country yeah. and culminated yeah. in where we're at now. And, you know, MSNBC, um, it was uh, years ago, it was NBC who altered the audio tape of uh, the white Hispanic George Zimmerman to portray him as a racist. So this is basically a part of the cultural Marxist uh, movement in this country and the revolution that's taking place. And you're the host of the next revolution. Revolution. Yeah. Uh, we thought the revolution taking place in this country was populism, but it seems like the one that's really taken root, that's that's taken off, is the cultural Marxist revolution. Yes.
3: Well, I would say it depends where you look. So the the one you described, the cultural Marxism, the wokeism, that is certainly something that has completely infected. The ruling class of this country, if you look at the way it's taken over, not just the Democratic Party, but the starting in the universities and then uh, spreading throughout um, the activist movement, the nonprofits, then into corporate America, the media, the whole controlling class of this country, completely um, uh, controlled by this disgraceful, divisive ideology, wokeism. But actually, you see a counter-revolution, if we can put it like that, going on um, among the working people of the country. And of all races, that's what's so exciting to see. Just look at what's happening here in California. and it's typical of what's happening across the country. Just to take one specific example, Um, they constantly talk, don't they, about how racist the Republicans are. The Republicans are racist and they're white supremacy and all this stuff. What's actually happening is that the Republican Party, the conservative movement, is becoming a movement that is a multiracial, working-class coalition. Look at the way that Latino voters in particular are moving in droves away from the Democrats towards conservative ideas and, and Republican candidates. And what you're going to end up with, I think, is the Democrats, the left, remaining as this rump, this party of the rich, the white, and the woke, And that is completely opposite to what they love to claim with all their virtue signaling, you know, they're for social Mm -hmm. justice and racial justice. They're the exact opposite, because the people who are the real victims of their ideas are the exact people they claim to speak for. But those people see what's happening. They see the actual results, the actual consequences of these policies, and they're moving away from them.
1: Well, let me be uh, contrarian here for a moment. And you're, you've started a podcast, a California Rebel Base. You are based here. A lot of people don't know that Steve Hilton is based here in California. Many conservatives were like, we had a chance to recall Gavin Newsom, and we lost. California is yeah. done. There is no hope, because in spite of the fact that the, some, uh, the, the minorities are the victims and the low-income, uh, uh, of, low-income Americans of all stripes are the victims of Democrat policies, they keep voting for these Democrats. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, look, there's no question that it's 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 going to be a long, hard struggle to get rid of this this one-party rule. As you say, I, li- I live up in the Bay Area, so right in the heart. Oh, bless of the- your heart! <laughs> right in the heart of the craziness. So I really know uh, what it what it feels like. Um, and I think that's exactly right. Look, it was a, it was a big disappointment. I think the, what I'd say about that is that you know you, you can't expect to do it in such a in such a quick manner. It was a very it actually all happened pretty quickly. They advanced the date of the recall. Um, it was it was a real scramble to, for candidates to get going. This just wasn't time. I think it's going to take a long time, and it's going to take hard work, and we've got to organize and mobilize, and I think we can do it. And there is hope. And, in fact, I'll, I would point to a really interesting conversation we had just today. I think we're going to be releasing it on uh, California Rebel Base tomorrow. With the, Just think about what happened in the elections last in November last year. Yes, you had Biden winning in California by a big margin, Democrats winning up and down the state. That is true. But what else won in that election? Remember Proposition 16? It was the proposition that was trying to um, bring back racist affirmative action so that mm, public mm-hmm. institutions in California would, would be able to discriminate by race, a key feature of this wokist ideology. That was really rejected overwhelmingly, 57% to 42 We had the organizers of that on the podcast today because it gives, that's that kind of thing that gives me hope because you've got rebels up and down this stake who are fighting for the change. They can see what's going wrong. And I do think that we are going to overturn this one-party rule. I think it is going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen even at the next governor's election. Remember, it's not just about the governor's race, because you've got the state legislature that's responsible for so much of the madness and the taxes and the regulations and the craziness. And, of course, you've got it in, in cities and counties as well. So there's a lot of work to do, but I am, I'm really optimistic that it will happen.
1: Well, I've got to take you back to D.C., because there's rumors today about Kamala. Okay, who, 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 it, who came out of our beloved state here, California? Okay, we. Uh- yeah, yeah. Should I yeah Should I say it in a French accent? <laughs> that uh, Kamala is her communications director resigned today. Yeah. Yeah. and now I'm also hearing rumors, Steve Hilton, that the play is that they want to offer her a seat on SCOTUS in order to get rid of her. Now I'm so aggravated at Amy Coney Barrett that there's a part of me that would be happy to have her tortured with having to share uh, the the bench with with Kamala Harris. But are you hearing about this rumor? Your thoughts on what what do we do with a problem like Kamala. You know the Democrats are trying to figure it out.
3: Well, I mean, it's their problem, really, although she has been inflicted on the whole country. so that sense, <laughs> yeah. um, I think the, uh, I've heard that rumor. I think, it, by the way, what does that tell you? That tells you what massive disregard they have for the, for the core institutions of our country, mm-hmm. that they would just palm off a failed politician that they don't know what to do with in one of the most important roles uh, with lifetime tenure. Um, it just shows what disrespect they have for for the country and our institutions, and these are the people, by the way, who lecture everyone else about undermining democratic norms. So the fact that that's even being considered and discussed is itself a disgrace. I'm not sure they're going to do that because um, they, even for them, the sort of brazen shamelessness of it I think will be a bit obvious. We'll see. But I think the real, pro, the real point to make about Kamala is that, you know, we all knew, everyone knew. You, they only had And they were told, by the way, this again shows how superficial they are. They, don't, they are unserious people because mm-hmm. you can be sure that every single person that they spoke to about Kamala, these people, these candidates are, are thoroughly vetted. They have a whole process to do it. I know a lot of Democrats here in the Bay Area, Every single person that I've spoken to who has ever dealt with Kamala Harris, who's worked with her, Mm -hmm. who's had contact with her, they all say exactly the same thing about her, that the only thing she cares about is her own interest. Whatever's in her interest, that's Mm -hmm. what she pursues. And so that is a universal um, message you hear from the Democrats who know her best, who work with her. Mm -hmm. They were told all this, I am sure. They could also see how, how disastrously she did in the primary. You know, she didn't even make it to the first round of the actual elections in Iowa, but they picked her anyway. And what does that tell you? That tells you all they care about is the superficial, virtue signaling, identity politics, Mm -hmm. what message can we send? Not about substance, not about can this person get anything done. It is all so superficial with these people. So frankly, they absolutely deserve all the problems they've ended up with by picking her.
1: Yeah, I think that they overestimated the uh, mainstream media's, their propagandists and their spokespeople for the DNC. I think they overestimated their ability to cover. For her, and to carry her through, and they—I think they th- really thought that it was going to be an easy glide to replace Biden with her. They would, you know, give her, you know, um, a couple of things here, send her off to Paris or whatever. I just think they really—they—they they underestimated her ability to annoy people and how unlikable she was, and they overestimated the, the media's ability to cover for her. Final question for you: uh, It looked as though there might be a vote tonight uh, by the House for the BBB, as they're calling it. I think they're trying to channel Better Business Bureau with this BBB. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I I expect it to pass um, because we've got enough rhinos in the House uh, that are happy to partner. And we've got basically at at the leadership level, we've got a uniparty system going on. Your thoughts on the BBB, uh, the Build Back Better plan. uh, Wrap us up, Steve Hilton.
3: Well, the fundamental problem I have with it is that it is completely opposite um, remember, I'm a new American citizen. I got my citizenship. We've been here nearly 10 years now, but I got my citizenship earlier this year. I'm a very proud new American. And I you know, take that seriously, and I've spent a lot of time reading and studying and admiring the Constitution and, and, the, and the founding ideas of America. And this bill, I think, is totally opposed to all of that, what it really does, the real objection to it, I think, is less about the individual items within it, but the fact that it centralizes power Mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C., in the federal government, in the bureaucracy, the 10th Amendment is incredibly clear. Everything that's not in the Constitution, specifically assigned to the federal government, is reserved for the states, respectively, or the people. This goes totally in the opposite direction. It's taking control over how you raise your family, over health care, relationships, everything that affects the core things of our daily lives and business life, all centralized in Washington, D.C., in the federal bureaucracy. Not only is that a total disaster from a kind of pure competence point of view, who, who possibly could imagine that a giant federal bureaucracy could efficiently run things for a country as big and, uh, big and varied as this one? But it goes against the whole idea mm-hmm. of America, that power should be decentralized, checks and balances put power in the hands of the people. So that's my fundamental objection to it. That's why the whole thing needs to fail. And I think that the way they're going, and and they'll certainly pass it in the House, um, but then it has to go to the Senate. And I don't think it's looking encouraging there at all. I think it's pretty clear that Joe Manchin is saying, look, we've got all these problems with inflation. Mm -hmm. He's always been arguing that we should put this on pause until we really see what's going on with the economy. So I think they're going to struggle to even pass it at all in the Senate.
1: Well I don't think there's anything that warms my heart more than an a, 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 somebody who immigrated into this country the right way loves this country and articulates the beauty of our founding fathers and what this uh, and, exactly. and, and on what this country was founded and that was absolutely wonderful. Steve Hilton, thank you so much for being here. I'm loving that you've got this new podcast. Tell everybody how they can hear it
3: um so the, the simplest way is obviously Apple Spotify YouTube the normal place is called California Rebel base, and you can get past episodes very easily it's all on californiarebelbase.com on the website
1: well thank you so much for being here
3: it's a pleasure thank
1: you all right and y'all stay tuned we got uh, more coming up we've got some breaking news out of florida today on limiting the uh, limiting the the vax mandates um but osha says not so fast because speaking of centralized power uh we're the deciders here on that so uh and we're going to say no desantis we're going to talk about that after the break
0: you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The
2: Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, okay, so breaking news out of Florida. Now, don't get me wrong, I like DeSantis' style, okay? But I think sometimes that his results get a little overinflated and because people get, emo- we get too emotionally attached to politicians in this country.
2: And I don't think he goes far enough.
1: Yeah. And, and and it's too much about style for some people or we're so used to losing that anytime we get like a partial win, people are so, you know, it's like, yes, right? It's kind of like with a Rittenhouse trial. Um, conservatives were so excited to see a judge bark and be rude to the DA that it's like, they think that's a win. No, that's, that, no, yeah that's how is that a win? The prosecutor still got allowed to bring something in front of a jury he wasn't allowed to bring in front of a jury. It's only a win if that judge turns around and then declares a mistrial. There needs to be action behind it, right? He, he, all this judge is is Trey Gowdy. Remember Trey Gowdy? Oh, you know, oh, Trey Gowdy, really took it to so-and-so today. No, he didn't, because that person still went on to collect their paycheck and still keep their job. That's not accountability. So um, when it comes to these shot mandates in Florida, uh, the key word here. in in these four bills that he signed into law today is that Florida limits COVID vaccine mandates. It doesn't ban them. I don't want anything limited. That means they're still in existence.
2: No, get rid of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, What it does is just a couple of details is that um, some of the, some of the points here is that I think that it, if they, if they try to force, Um, an employee to take a shot, then they're subject to a $10,000 fine. Um, You know, is that good? Because, I mean, what business is going to try to force an employee uh, to do that if they know they got to pay a $10,000 fine if they do that? But the problem I have with that is um, oversight and reporting of that, right? Um, You know, it just doesn't seem... It doesn't seem to go far enough. What we need is a complete ban. Yeah, on- he
2: should have just come out and said no. The state of Florida blocks the mandate. States' rights.
1: Well, the problem is, is he's got he's got legislature. He's got a, the state legislator that legislature that watered it down. Um, it, businesses are required to exempt employees from a mandatory vax policy if they have COVID immunity from prior infection, are tested periodically for the virus, or choose to wear personal protective uh, equipment provided by the company. How is that a win?
2: That is not a win in any way.
1: No. that's You're still making an, an employee jump through some type of hoop to be able to work. That's not a win for me. De, we DeSantis says, we recognize people who have natural immunity. Whatever a private employer wants to do, you're automatically exempt because of natural immunity. Ought to be, be, How it, would
2: you it, recognize freedom?
1: Yeah, exactly. This is not a win. Youngkin, two weeks ago, I think we had John Guandolo on the show, and he pointed out that Youngkin had gone to uh, the the mosque that had been uh, a cover for so much terrorism in the country, the Adam mosques. Today, it's reported that Youngkin has said, "I don't have a problem if in uh, local areas they they mandate the vax in Virginia."
2: Not so much of a win anymore, is it?
1: No, that's not a win. That's not a win. We th- th- and this needs to stop being considered a win. This this is not Ronald Reagan's. If you agree with me on eighty percent of the things, you're my friend. You not anymore? You, you've just lost me. You, that and in fact, I hate that quote because what it does is it provides an argument for people to tell you, hold your nose and vote for Romney. Put up with whatever crap here. Yeah, I know that you, the Vax mandates are still your freedoms are still being taken away from you, but it could be worse. No, that's not a win. That's not a win. This is not a win, DeSantis, and um, it, and it, in fact, it's troubling to me because nobody should have to be forced to take any test to get into the workplace. Period. The 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 group with the greatest amount of of risk here begins with a ninety nine point four percent chance of survival. DeSantis mentions nothing and neither does anybody else ever in the Republican Party mention known therapeutics that work. The real issue that we have now and we have always had for those that are at a high risk of dying from this or suffering from this, w- that we've had uh, that it needs to be treated early. We have treatments that work and they've been denied the American people.
2: My vaccination status, Andrea, belongs to me and that's it.
1: Right. We've got, and in, in the state of Florida, which I don't think was mentioned today, and DeSantis, oh, great, he was in this town of Brandon. You know, yay, he's really taking it to the, to the Biden administration. This isn't taking it to the Biden administration. This is, you know what this is? This is John McCain Republicanism of reaching across the aisle. This is, this is um, a, a, of a compromise. And when you compromise with the devil, you lose.
2: And what has reaching across the aisle recently ever got us, Andrea?
1: Nothing. Nothing. It's got us where we're at right now. It's got us 14 days to flatten the curve, and now we're almost two years later. Bank of America in Florida, by the way. um, Oh, I
2: hope they get so much pushback on this.
1: Well, yeah. If you've got a B of A credit card, you might want to think about cutting it up. A source who works with B of A uh, has disclosed a pilot program. This is beginning uh, November 18, which is, uh, uh, what, tomorrow? Um. That oh, no, that's they, today. Oh, yeah, it's today. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, yeah, I got my days. I do have a calendar. Um, according to the source, they are going to be separating uh, the vaccinated from the unvaccinated and the workplace. If uh, in and um, by unvaccinated, it's anybody that refuses to state that they've been vaccinated.
2: That is segregation.
1: Well, first of all, it's a violation of your HIPAA rights. They shouldn't be asking you Um, what you're, you know, are are they asking everybody who comes through the door, do you have syphilis? Do you have TB? Have you been tested for hepatitis C? Did you wash your hands? Is that what they're doing? Um, whoever, uh, has not acknowledged that they've gotten the shot or proven they've gotten the shot is going to be kept on uh, a lower floor. Uh, stripped of their access to the rest of the building, given access to only one floor with offices and a restroom, but they can't go anywhere else. So they're basically going to be segregated off as lower level citizens it's almost like um a barrio or almost like a ghetto if you will to use that analogy uh, they have to wear masks at all times if you haven't if you've gotten the shot um then you don't have to and they have to distance if you've gotten the shot then you, you don't have to wear a mask at your desk but you still have to wear a mask when you're walking around and you don't have to distance this is supposedly about protecting your health um this is all about power, all about segregating people. This is this is has nothing to do with si- science. How many times do we have to say that those who have gotten the shots are just as much getting it and just as much giving it. It doesn't protect anybody from anything.
2: You know, this, the Democrats are so famous about human rights and all that and you know, moving on from from America's past. This ta- this takes us decades back,
1: Andrea. Of course it of course it does because the Democrat party was the party of slavery. They were the party that voted that it was the Republicans that voted for the civil rights legislation. This is this is this is about this is about a plantation on the workplace for the lesser people. And denied and denied dignities of being able to walk freely told where they got to sit and how they and how they've got and what they've got to cover themselves. What's the difference between this and the Taliban? This is going on in Florida. Florida. This is discrimination in the workplace. Oh, getting back to DeSantis, by the way, OSHA came back and said, look, we're a federal agency. And when OSHA was established, we have sovereignty over all the states when it comes to workplace safety. So we don't care what you're signing into law, DeSantis. And that goes back to what Steve Hilton was talking about earlier about centralized power. And I said recently, you know, we lost so much of this back when we started centralizing and we established the Department of Energy, the Department of Education, the Department of Labor.
2: We don't need most of these departments, period.
1: At all. They are, they are in a contradiction. They completely violate the Constitution, what Steve Hilton was talking about. We never – Department of Education, we're not supposed to be centralizing what's going on. It's it, what Steve Hilton just said earlier is correct. If it's not in a specifically stated as a role of of the U.S. government, it's not supposed to be handled in D.C.
2: Give me a bipartisan Department of Defense and call it a day, That's call it. it a day.
1: That's it. Maybe the State Department, but that actually could be a part. That actually could be a part of of the DoD.
2: Yeah, correct.
1: Really, you know, we don't need we don't need all these bureaucrats running around the world. You know, munching sushi and you know living large and all these other uh, all these other countries doing, doing what what do these what do these ambassadors do for us what do they do for us you need to negotiate something send somebody over to negotiate we need an embassy there keep it, keep it short staffed 10 people somewhere maybe to handle to handle you know business with Americans that are over there all right we're gonna take a break we got more to talk about so don't go away
0: Get more from The Andrea Kay Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're
2: listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Well, I'm not really sure what took Florida so long, um, probably because uh, Zach Stacey um, is is a different uh from a different class of people than Kyle Rittenhouse. But it sounds as though that the Florida police have issued an arrest warrant for Zach Stacy, uh, who on video, uh, brutally, uh, uh, beat up his girlfriend and threw her around like a rag doll. Can I say what I want to have happen to him after seeing this video? I can't unsee it. I almost wish that the police hadn't been called. Oh, by the way, Let's remind you that, you know, uh, this he's a former NFL player, but um, probably if he was still playing, he'd, be, he'd still be allowed to play in spite of this video, probably, as long as he's willing to take the jab. Now, Aaron Rodgers, he's a schmuck, right? He's a zero. This guy would probably still be a hero because the NFL doesn't have a problem with their players beating up on their girlfriends or knocking their wives unconscious in an elevator and dragging their lifeless bodies out. You know, that that procedure that the Democrats won't ban in this country, female genital mutilation, where little 12 year old girls have their privates cut off with a rusty knife and no anesthesia. That's what needs to happen to this man. Then he needs to have his head cracked open with a baseball bat. That's what he deserves. I would. I, I You know what? I wish she hadn't even turned that video over. I wish that he had just failed to wake up in the morning because she watched this movie called The Burning Bed. There, I said it. Farrah Fawcett played it. In the, it's a real it's a real story. Farrah Fawcett played her in the movie. You attack a woman like this, you don't deserve to make it to the next day. That's what I have to say about that. Um, Sorry. Maybe I shouldn't be seeing videos as they happen (laughs) while I'm watching the show, Um, doing the show. All right. On to something lighter. If you consider this lighter news, Um, let's have some fun potato skins let's talk about something that's really fun. happy fun yay yeah let's do a fun story let's talk about how a canadian doctor um diagnosed the first patient in the world <laughs>
2: oh i know where you're going with this
1: <laughs> as suffering from this is a true story but this isn't a parody not okay? from the onion no this is not from the onion this is not from the babylon b either uh, a canadian became the f- world's first patient to be diagnosed as suffering from climate change <laughs> Listen, I'm not laughing that this person is having some some lung issues and breathing issues because evidently they got a lot of wildfires going on in Canada because of as well as a heat wave. This is a senior citizen suffering from diabetes and other ailments living in a trailer during the heat wave. Um that's an older person is struggling to breathe. And that's sad. And that's sad. That's terrible. But it ain't got nothing to do with climate change. How sad. and this is a story for people who actually believe When they hear somebody like Hannity say, look, it's between you and your doctor, as though every doctor out there right now is legit about science and legit about taking care of patients. When the reality is, is we've got the AMA, uh, the Pediatric Association, so many compromised, uh, they're politicized. What made you think that the Medical Association would be would be unpoliticized? Of course, it's politicized diagnosing a patient as climate change no this patient is suffering because they've got comorbidities they're a a, a senior with um diabetes heart disease um asthma and of course when you've got those conditions it's going to be exacerbated when you've got weather this is called weather okay
2: it's been changing for a very long time
1: right and if any of these climate hoaxsters and hucksters were true, Manhattan was already supposed to be underwater by 2012. The inconvenient truth is that there was nothing that was predicted by Al Gore in the movie The Inconvenient Truth has come true. But yet people still believe this. I don't understand. But then again, we, we have people still believing Fauci and what he's got to say. We have people actually believing that if you get the shot, it's going to protect you from something. But yet these same people think it's going to protect you from something or scared to be around somebody who hasn't gotten the shot and still expect you to wear a mask.
2: Still saw more people in the car today, Andrea. They were on their own
1: mask up. You know, if you want to wear a mask, fine. You believe whatever you want to believe. But, you know, um, the, the science isn't there. It's just not there. In terms of these shots, they're not well. They're not. We know that they're not vaccines, right? Therapeutics at best. They're therapeutics at best. How do we know? Because they changed the definition of a vaccine in order to accommodate what these shots are. And if you want to take these as a therapeutic, fine. But make no—that's your choice. But even our own government, and we know that theirs, which is the vaccine, um, um, you know, I can't remember what um. Adverse reaction system. We know that it's only about five percent of all uh, adverse reactions uh, are reported there. Um, so let's say only five percent. There, they are our own government. It's already reporting eighteen thousand people have died from it. Eight hundred thousand people have had adverse reactions. Why in the world?
2: And that's just what's reported. And
1: that's just what's reported. Hey, it, I, why in the world would you demand that anybody else? injected with that if you want to get injected with it get injected I, I, th- I consider it Russian roulette uh, if you want to be injected go ahead and get it but you'd look at this Bank of America story down there in Florida to, that you you they are literally segregating people to try in order to try to pressure them and bullying them into getting an injection that could cost them their lives this is in America. And let it be known that, and and also mark my words, that also means that there's no legit full red state in this country, right? The solution is not to just move to Florida.
3: The The solution is is
1: turn in every night here, 6 p.m. Pacific time. See you all tomorrow. Peace out.